You're listening to episode 18 with Jeanette Beleza Collins, Entrepreneurial Development Director of the Northwest Arkansas Council. Welcome everyone to The Multiplier Effect, an Endeavor NWA podcast. To keep up with the astounding pace of growth in Spain, we have to really look at how we provide optionality for our entrepreneurs. There were 20 states that received less than 1% of venture capital. I had the opportunity to create a solution, decreasing the gap for people of color when it comes to entrepreneurship, tech, and innovation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of season two of The Multiplier Effect. My name is Jessica Head, and I am the marketing manager at Endeavor NWA and also your host for the show. Fall is certainly in the air, you guys, and we have been anxiously awaiting for the opportunity to share some of the amazing conversations we've been producing with our team as we launch a brand new series called Ecosystem Builders, where we will highlight our region's growing entrepreneurial ecosystem by exploring or organizations that are addressing the challenges founders face in the heartland. And to kick things off, we are so privileged to be welcoming the Entrepreneurial Development Director of the Northwest Arkansas Council, Jeanette Beleza Collins. Jeanette collaborates with entrepreneurs, companies, investors, educators, support organizations, and other stakeholders to advance region-wide entrepreneurial vibrancy, including programs that bolster connectivity, capital access, talent growth, university industry engagement, resource navigation, and story sharing. In this episode, Jeanette shares with us some of her favorite organizations and initiatives backed by the Northwest Arkansas Council that are helping to facilitate meaningful connections for entrepreneurs in our region. So let's kick things off. Jeanette, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. We trust that you and your friends, family, everyone is safe and doing well. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here and I appreciate you all having me as a guest today. Absolutely. We're excited to announce with our listeners that we will be launching season two of The Multiplier Effect with the generous support of the Northwest Arkansas Council. They are such an impactful organization into so many areas of growth in our region, but specifically an immense contributor to co-creating a vibrant entrepreneurial community with all of our ecosystem builders. So to give our audience a brief overview of what they can expect in this upcoming season, our goal is to enhance the visibility of our region's growing entrepreneurial ecosystem by exploring organizations that are addressing the challenges founders face in the heartland. By exploring these challenges together, we firmly believe that we can facilitate meaningful solutions to strengthen our entrepreneurial ecosystem and foster inclusive community and economic development practices for the regions we serve. So we could not think of a better partner to welcome our listeners as we kick off season two. So special thanks to Jeanette for joining us and to the NWA Council for sponsoring season two. So Jeanette, to kick things off, when we think about the life of us as an individual, it's, you know, a blink of an eye in terms of a region. And we know the way in which Northwest Arkansas chooses to grow and develop over the next five decades, let's say, will determine our quality of life, and so much of that is dependent on economic development components of that long-term strategy. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on how NWA Council is helping to guide the entrepreneurial narrative of the region and what opportunities exist for founders and leaders in Northwest Arkansas. Could you share a bit of your perspective on that? Absolutely. You know, the Northwest Arkansas Council has been around since 1990, and there are so many different work streams across 
across our team. And so that's everything from arts and culture of our diversity and inclusion program. We have our entrepreneurship and innovation program, as well as finding Northwest Arkansas, which is our talent recruitment program. We've been looking at healthcare transformation, social and physical infrastructure of our region to keep up with our growth, as well as recruiting companies here and our workforce development strategies. And so when you look at the sheer work required, again, to keep up with just the astounding pace of growth that Northwest Arkansas has sustained, probably every day we have a net gain of 30 new people who are coming to the region every day. We have to really look at how we provide optionality for our entrepreneurs. And so that's in the way of funding, in the way of navigation, and also founder support. And so the Northwest Arkansas Council has been doing a lot of work around not only unified messaging of how the region is known outside of the area to talent that we're recruiting here, but we've also been very intentional about the ways that we are wanting to position our region from the leadership perspective. So the council, and you've probably seen this, but we developed a leadership pledge on racial equity that is on the council's website. And we're so excited that we have 140 plus organizations, startups, enterprises, community leaders who have signed on to that pledge. And it is such a priority for us to be an inclusive and diverse region. And that's so important, especially when looking at the framework of innovation. Like we really need to usher in many voices around the table in order to have that inclusive innovation to be able to address so many of the challenges that we have and also the opportunities that we see that COVID-19 has magnified. So when we look at our support programs, we look at our mentor networks, we look at our investor landscape, our talent pool, our available jobs, and also our regional experiences, we're really looking for ways to bring the diversity that we think makes Northwest Arkansas so exciting and interesting and such a special place to live. So looking at the long-term strategy, of course, how do we become a more diverse and inclusive region? How do we make it more welcoming for all? With the announcement of the Whole Health Institute, I think that that is just a great blank canvas for looking at health technology and resiliency and innovation around behavioral change in order to make sure that the region is one that embodies this whole health mentality. And then, of course, you've got our flagship verticals around supply chain consumer retail and food. We've got our 14,000 suppliers are here situated in the area alongside of our big Fortune 500 companies. And so telling that story and leveraging those assets, not just for startup companies who want to connect into the region, but also for our homegrown entrepreneurs. So our founders who are looking at ways to make an impact. And part of the way that we envision our West Arkansas is that it's this incredible, special place with millions of experiences that you can have in a day and that it's a place where people can come and live with more of what they want and less of what they don't. And so I think that is 100% where our focus is, of course, in that entrepreneurial narrative is being able to showcase the places where we believe people can make a unique impact because of what's here that you can't 
the combination of things that are here that you can't find anywhere else. And then also the availability of resources and support and access to funding, like the things that Endeavor brings with your network, multiplied across our entrepreneurial support organizational network so that people can really learn to think big and impact the world, but from here. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Obviously, as you've just illustrated, you have this expansive bird's eye view of all the moving parts of our region's culture. And so there's so many core areas of focus that you guys have to really foster that spirit of entrepreneurship. But I love what you guys are doing in the efforts of diversity and inclusion and would love to dive a little bit deeper into that to see how you are helping to facilitate these types of narratives within the community. Even from, you know, obviously it starts with the leadership component of that, but how does that trickle down into the community? And how are you seeing that happen? So one is really elevating the thought leaders and the activists and the people who are already on the ground doing such incredible work around racial equity. We've got the Idealist Institute at the University of Arkansas. The council has our own program, Engage Northwest Arkansas. Margot Lamaster and Lulu Pareto are our very talented leaders who are who are working on that program and helping convene all of the different entities who have signed on to that leadership pledge and really plugging them into shared resources for training, for information, for practical um, guidance on how to start making moves within their own organizations and also in their different areas of influences where they are. And so through that platform, there's a blog, there are numbers of events where people can get more information. And then also I know Margo and Lulu are very intentional in drawing on the leadership and individuals who are already doing the work here. There is a community cohesion project that has support and has been putting out incredible content and showcasing diverse owned businesses that are right here in the region. Black Ground Agency, who's led by Sierra Polk, is doing some fantastic work in elevating awareness, as is the Arkansas Arts and Fashion Forum, who are doing a lot of in-conversation panels and talking to people about everything from really assessing where you are on this journey to awareness, as well as ways to incorporate allyship in the way that you do your work and you navigate your life, examining your own personal relationships and professional relationships. There are so many wonderful people who are doing that work, Jasmine Hudson, Jaron Merchant, Sarah Polk are also have Black-owned Biz NWA on Instagram, and they do an incredible job highlighting entrepreneurs who are here. We also have the Diversity NWA program where you can see a directory of businesses who are owned by diverse entrepreneurs that you can support with your patronage. And so you can see there are different places and it's many of the same things that we do in entrepreneurial ecosystem, but really doing a laser targeted lens to make sure that we are gathering and amplifying those stories. And that we're also from an economic standpoint, doing business and looking at our procurement practices where we're being much more inclusive when we're making those decisions from purchasing from top down um, and <laughs> And down, up, and sideways. It's really putting that onus on individuals to, to do that personal examination and also match that action to those intentions. Yeah. 
And that, I think it goes hand in hand with creating this sense of belongingness and personal fulfillment for all the community members, especially from these respective cities that make up Northwest Arkansas. I'm thinking of, you know, the, the differences between Bentonville and Rogers and Fayetteville and how all of these marry together with one another to really build this very diverse and inclusive ecosystem that provides the opportunity for innovation to take place. Talk to us a little bit about kind of your thoughts on how those weave together. Absolutely. So it's been really cool to see the cultural planning activities of CASH, which is the organization that's led by Allison Esposito and incubated at the Northwest Arkansas Council. She's really um, been working with each of the cities and looking at different ways where we can create this inclusiveness, everything from the Main Street business, social infrastructure and the arts and cultural planning. You have our diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives and all of those are interwoven into the story across this polycentric region. We've got as much as we are upholding this unified regional brand identity as Northwest Arkansas, we have all these incredibly unique experiences that you can only get in downtown Springville or in downtown Salem Springs or in Bentonville, Fayetteville, and Rogers. And so I think each of those communities play a special role in the region and also being able to articulate what those gems are in each of the communities are really important as well as using the platform of the council to be able to convene those voters and those community members quite regularly so that people are familiar with what's happening in different areas. There have been studies that have been done across the region and it's something that we look at an innovation planning and that typically people don't want to go more than a commute that's like seven miles. (laughs) I can't remember it's seven miles or seven minutes, but regardless, (laughs) it's one that's relatively short. Like we all have a tendency to want to have all of these things that we need um, in our neighborhoods. And so it's really that delicate balance of cultivating those resources and that diversity within these connected spaces in these neighborhoods, but then also encouraging people to have that sense of exploration, to experience different parts of the region in order to get a truly diverse experience that is Northwest Arkansas. That's such a great point. And it really goes hand in hand too with developing and leveraging the human and social capital of the region. I'd be interested to dive into some commentary with you on what this looks like as far as talent. How does this impact our ability to retain and grow talent in the region? There, of course, is something about Northwest Arkansas that oftentimes people hear about. And when we have done studies for people that are outside of the region, it's almost like a blank canvas for them. It's like they may not have heard of Northwest Arkansas, but when they hear of Northwest Arkansas, they don't necessarily have these preconceived notions of what they're going to see, which I think is such a great opportunity. But in the time of COVID, when there have been travel restrictions, we don't have the same kind of traffic that we would ordinarily see that's been driven by our accelerator programming, by our signature experiences and events like the Tech Summit and Heartland Summit and Roots Festival. And so we've seen a lot of these events and these programs go completely virtual. So it has been a bit of a challenge trying to think of how do we make these experiences more immersive and then what are innovative ways that we can showcase what's wonderful about Northwest Arkansas. And one of the things that the council has done 
Um, and it started in June and it just concluded, but we did the You Love series and it was a way to really explore all these different points of passion and showcase all the things that are lovable about our region. So everything from photography and travel to outdoor recreation and cycling to, of course, innovation and future pathfinding and entrepreneurship, as well as the culinary arts and the artistry around coffee that is here, as well as the, the study of food. And so it was just this incredible opportunity to really step back, reflect on the region, take stock of all the wonderful things that are here, and then hold up our local experts and thought leaders and put them virtually side by side with national leaders to talk about these worthwhile topics that are so important and weave into the fabric of Northwest Arkansas. And following those virtual sessions, most of which happened on Zoom, I think we also had an Instagram Live. Participants were sent these interactive themed digital zines that really elevated stories and regional assets about whatever we talked about in that particular You Love session. And so I there were- I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so <laughs> fun. The, the content was so engaging. It, you know, we really saw probably our engagement was maybe 3.3 million and counting. Amazing. In terms of audience. And that's across the world, you know, 30 different countries. And I want to say 41 different states. And that I think is, is one of the silver linings that has come to this. So as much as we don't have that steady cadence and practice and tours and events where people can really be gathering. We've also opened up these new ways for virtual engagement and are probably reaching a much broader audience than we would have reached prior to that pivot. So it's been a cool development, but I think what we're doing is we're wetting people's appetite for when on the other side of this, they're starting to make new decisions based on their shifted priorities in light of COVID. There are so many more people that now that they have uncertainty that they are looking at possibly going from a more metropolitan area to a lesser dense area. They're looking for a place where they can make an impact, where they can get rid of that three-hour commute or two-hour commute, a place where they can feel a sense of safety and security and also have plentiful economic opportunities. And those are the things that Northwest Arkansas provides in spades. And oftentimes people who aren't acquainted with the region would not, would not even know to look here. So when they do, and when they have that opportunity to experience it firsthand, heard stories, I'm sure, from transplants who came here because maybe a spouse or a partner found a job and they were kicking and screaming. And now they're our loudest advocates because they've really experienced really unparalleled work-life integration that you can have here. Oh, absolutely. Of course. And I'm even a transplant in talking to my friends that are in these other metropolitan areas, whether it be, you know, San Francisco or New York or Chicago or even Dallas, especially in the time of COVID. It's been fascinating. They are all very jealous of me <laughs> because we have, you know, the outdoors and, and the ability <laughs> to have kind of a safe environment amidst the crisis with the community that we have here. And I think to your point, Jeanette, we as organizations focusing on entrepreneurship, it's so critical for us to be developing that global mindset and to cultivate an environment for continuous innovation. And I know that's certainly a priority 
priority for our team at Endeavor. And I know that through the You Love series that you produced, that was certainly the mission for that as well, as you just shared. So thank you for all of the work that you have been doing to support that culture and create those opportunities for our local community. Thank you for giving the region visibility across the Endeavor network. I mean, just looking at some of those scale-up companies that were a part of the scale-up summit, it's a perfect example of what's really been part of an intentional strategy to partner with organizations like Endeavor, like Plug and Play, like WeWork Labs, who have this larger global network of not only mentors, but investors and also founders who we can tether our region to and really provide this virtual density as we continue to develop our ecosystem. And it's growing at such a fast clip, but we definitely, because of the size of our region, we rely so heavily on partners like you so that we can match founders wherever they are in their entrepreneurial journey with peer-to-peer with other founders through these networks. So we appreciate yeah. that so much. It's an awesome ecosystem. <laughs> it I'm is. so excited that we're going to be able to explore this through the next 15 episodes, actually, with the various organizations that we partner with here in the region. So it's going to be so fun to be able to listen to all of these unique perspectives. I'm amazed that you were able to dial it down to 15 because whenever <laughs> we were talking well, about who we could feature. I was like, okay, this may just be in perpetuity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it could be. So we'll definitely have to find ways of engaging organizations that we might have missed through this process. There are certainly endless opportunities to engage with entrepreneurial organizations throughout the region and, and the state. So excited to hear from everyone. So Jeanette, to wrap things up as part of our episodes, we include a series of Endeavor segments. And the one that we're going to be kicking off for season two is Heartland Loves. So as part of our first segment, we want to highlight our sponsor for this season, you guys, the NWA Council. (laughs) Jeanette, your team aims to ensure our region's successful future by working with partners to advance our quality of life, improve the region's workforce, create job opportunities, keeping up with the region's impressive growth. There's so many things to love about the Heartland. So we're asking each of our guests on our show, what do you love most about living in the Heartland? I love that. I'm so excited about that. So if you're asking me, I personally love the ease of it, you know, the ease and affordability of living in the heartland, as well as being able to sort of leverage that dynamic. Fort Smith has this wonderful mural festival that they called the unexpected. And I thought it was just such a brilliant name. And I think that it also is telling of just the broader Northwest Arkansas region as a whole. You know, one of the advantages that we have here in the heartland is that this perception that we may be at times overlooked or underestimated almost works to the advantage because from what I've seen, our founders and entrepreneurs are scrappier, they're more industrious, they're more resilient. And I think that that sort of element of surprise and determination really makes for creating some wonderful innovation that can only be created here. I absolutely love that and totally agree with that sentiment. Certainly 
certainly that has been my experience here as well. And it's just a fascinating opportunity to connect and feel like that there is true opportunity here, which is amazing. Okay, our next segment is our call me crazy moment. So the founder of Endeavor, Linda Rotenberg, has always said, call me crazy, crazy is a compliment. So we like to ask each guest on our show, what has been your call me crazy moment? <laughs> so I, my call me crazy moment actually happened last week when I kind of put out a proposal to sort of answer this idea of how do we accelerate gender equality from now over the next 10 years into 2030. And one of the things that I think could be so impactful actually leverages a diversity intelligence scale that was invented by a local researcher named Dr. Clarita Hughes. She's at the University of Arkansas. And she has created this really amazing assessment that I think could be the key in helping organizations not only look at their knowledge, their education and training, but also their behavior around how they look at uh, protected class employees within their organizations. She's put in a lot of research and testing and iterated with lots of feedback to figure out a way to help people sort of gain that knowledge and help use those scores to move the needle in the work that they're doing around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also to quash discriminatory practices within an organization. So I think that is an interesting tool and also so as part of that vision, looking at really effective corporate innovation programs like the Adobe Kickbox and sort of the platform available through the Kickbox Foundation, yet applying this lesson of dispelling second generation gender bias. And so teaching women how to have these skills and this knowledge about what second generation gender bias looks like, how they can overcome that, and then using these lean corporate innovation models to sort of reinforce this leadership identity that I think oftentimes get disrupted without the knowledge, the tools, and the support and the mentorship. So that's my call me crazy moment is I this way that. to sort of scale from um, kind of on the ground perspective and helping women um, kind of take their seat and feel empowered as well as looking at from a compliance perspective of ways to really shift the way people think about equality in the workplace. So I think those go hand in hand and it's crazy, but I think it's crazy enough that might work. <laughs> I, I think you're probably right. That is amazing. Those weave together and they need to, right? That's a very critical component is that they would have to weave together in order for it to be successful. And then lastly, I will go into something quick and digestible for our listeners. We have a few rapid fire questions for you that our listeners want to know about our guests. So what time do you wake up and what is bedtime? Okay. So I usually wake up several times in the night, but I get up for good around 6 a.m. And bedtime for me is typically between 10 and 11. That is so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very excited to see what our guests look like in this season as last season was with exclusively investors. And so although there were a couple of healthy sleepers, they were definitely in the minority for that group. Of people. Really? So, yes. Interesting. Yes. I, know. I thought that that's I would have estimated them to be more disciplined just because that's what you have to abide by when you're investing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of course I had even mentioned to a couple of them, oh, 
oh, wow, this is Tim Ferriss goals right here. But maybe there will be more <laughs> Tim Ferriss goals in this season. So we'll see. I love that. <laughs> Speaking of books in general, what are you reading right now? Give Yourself Margin by local illustrator, entrepreneur, Stacey Bloomfield, who also has a company called Gingerbread. It's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's uplifting and I highly recommend it. It's about damn time by our friend Arlen Hamilton, who you've had as a guest. And then I'm reading Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkolette Estes, which was recommended to me. Ooh, Arlen Hamilton is definitely one that has been ordered and is being shipped to my place as we speak, but (laughs) I have not heard of, so I will have to check those out. Well, and I bought, and so part of the way that Stacey, when they released this, you know, she encouraged people to buy one for themselves and several as gifts because, you know, as a new author, that's part of how you make these bestseller lists and how you start trending from the publishing side. Anyway, so I have three extra copies, so I would be happy to give you one. I mean, it's just so wonderful. I'm excited. Okay. And then name one new habit you've developed in a post-quarantine world. Ordering taken heat, freshly made fettuccine pasta from Bordinos and their sauces. It's like the secret (laughs) to making weeknight meals that that still feel totally luxurious, but it's incredible. You can get like, I want to say it's like five servings, four or five servings of this fresh pasta for $5 from Bordinos and they can deliver it. It's amazing. Coconut vegan pancake batter from Farmer's Table Cafe. And then in terms of a new habit, I do my morning pages. So when I wake up, I try to just write for at least three pages. You hear that if you do this long enough, it's just a practice that helps you, that helps bring clarity on so many levels in your life. And it's just, it's cathartic and amazing. And it also is just a great way to kind of empty your mind to have a fresh start to each day. Oh, I love that. All of your post-quarantine habits have been extremely <laughs> Like I'm trying to copy. I don't know it. if, but I mean, there it's a little bit on the carb heavy, but the coconut vegan pancake. <laughs> I was doing the war eagle pancakes for the first part of quarantine. And I was like, this is probably not good for the waistline, but I've switched to the coconut vegan. And I'm telling you, incredible. So good. I'll have to check it out. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I know our listeners are going to love it as well. Jeanette, you're just a wealth of knowledge in the realms of everything happening in Northwest Arkansas. And we love being able to partner with NWA Council on this season. I know it's going to be so much fun to just see all the organizations that are helping to build this inclusive and diverse and energized ecosystem. So can't wait for these new episodes to be released. Thank you so much for putting the effort into creating this wonderful content and also giving a platform to all our unsung heroes of ecosystem building because they are the hardest working and probably not applauded enough (laughs) segment (laughs) of, of contributors to our region. So I just am absolutely thrilled to see the through lines across the heartland and to just hear from so many people that I respect and admire so much. Special thanks to Jeanette for joining us on the show today. For more information on season two and our partnership with the Northwest Arkansas Council, head to our website at EndeavorNWA.org. And be sure to follow us on the social platform of your choosing as we begin to unveil upcoming guests that will be joining us for this series. See you next week.